Hey, good morning. It's uh, Thursday morning. It's good to be with you together today as we study God's Word, as we uh, dig back into our time in Ephesians. It's good to spend a little bit of time each day getting our getting our, our day started with coffee and Jesus. Uh, it's a, what, a, what a good way to start the day is wearing a little bit of coffee, a little bit of Jesus. We got those two in our system pretty early. We know it's going to be a good day. We know it's going to be a good day. So today we're going to be back in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, we're reading Ephesians chapter 3. We'll be reading verses 1 through uh, one through 13 of Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. Where Paul writes these words. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you. Now the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and shares the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant, according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to me to bring the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ, to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the wisdom of God in his rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is all in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through him in faith. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are your glory. Um, so we see Paul once again um, in this thing. We see we see some common themes that we see repeatedly through Paul. We see Paul talk about uh, his revelation that he received, uh, that God came to him and, and, and revealed to him truth and revealed to him. Um, you hear the kids. If you listen, you hear the kids outside my window. Um, doing whatever it is they're doing as they go uh, as they go to class. Um, so, um, but I we see Paul say um, Paul say that he has been given this revelation and given this um, the, the, this truth from God that was um, that is the truth of Jesus Christ. And so we see that and we saw we see Paul make that 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 claim and that theme a lot in Galatians. That's a pretty common uh, thing for Paul to say throughout the book, book of Galatians. Um, we see him repeated here, but uh, we see once again, just as we talked of yesterday and the day before, that for Paul and Ephesians, the emphasis here is not so much upon the human response to the revelation, but we see the hand of God guiding all of this. Um, uh, we see that he, he, he says, uh, it has been revealed by his holy apostles and prophets of the Spirit. It said, uh, this was, verse 11 says, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he had carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, whom we have access to God in boldness. Uh, so we see we see from Paul once again, in this part of Galatians, in Ephesians rather, we see Paul once again really show us the hand of God in, um, in all that's happened, both in the ministry, in the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ, as well as the teachings of the apostles and prophets and the teachings of Paul, as he has given a revelation. We're seeing repeatedly that God is the primary mover. 
not not humans as as tempting as it is to think that we humans all of them um i, I was reading a list of podcasts for somebody about how they were that somebody had narcissism and they believed they were the protagonist in the human story uh, i like that line kind of kind of stuck with me uh sometimes we believe we are the protagonist in the human story that we're the one moving everything, that we're the one doing everything, that it's all about us. I'm tempted to think that. I think we all kind of are, that we we believe that our faith is ultimately about what we make of it. Um, and there is some truth to the fact that we do have a response to play in God's movement. There, there, there is some definite truth to that. But Ephesians is reminding, reminding us over and over again, reminding us repeatedly that God is the primary mover, that God is the primary instigator, that God is the one who begins all of this, and God is the one who is at work in all of this. And so I just think that is a hopeful thing and, 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 a, and a great blessing to be reminded that it's not up to me and you. That it doesn't all rest on me and you. And that we don't have to get it all right. Uh, I, I saw a great uh, thing on Facebook. I said, when God called you, he'd already factored in your stupidity. And that's a reassuring thing. <laughs> that's a reassuring thing to know that when God called me and when God called you and that when God called our churches and when God is doing all this stuff, God had already factored in our, stupid, our stupidity and already factored in our, our frailties and our weaknesses. That, that none of that, none of that is a surprise to God. And he knew all of that. Um, but I do want to focus in the, in the end on um, verse 12 and 13. Well, I guess verse 11. And through 13, it says, This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and with confidence through faith in him. I pray, therefore, that you may not lose heart over my sufferings, for they are your glory. I love verse 12 where it says, um, We have access to God in boldness. Um, God is holy, and God is just, and God is righteous. Don't ever Ever, 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 ever forget that. God is holy and God is just and God is righteous. But he also loves us. He's also given his son to atone for us and for our sins and to make a path forward for us to be at peace with him. And so because of the great love of his son, Jesus the Christ, because of the sacrifice of Christ at the cross, and because of the victory of Christ through the empty grave, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. If we do not approach God on our behalf or we do not approach God in our power or in our might or in our stuff. We don't approach God based on our own worth or our own effort. We approach God based on his effort, based on his worth, based on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We always approach the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. So it isn't just that the Son, it isn't, it isn't just that the Father loves us, but it's that the Son has atoned for us, and the Son has redeemed us, and the Son has saved us. And through the, through the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Father. So we can boldly, boldly approach the throne. We can boldly approach God. We can come with confidence in faith. In Jesus. So um, you don't have to uh, be afraid of God. You don't have to quake in fear. I think that God's 
ready to cast you out or that God's ready to get rid of you or God is done with you. You don't have to do that. You can boldly approach God and come with the confidence of a child. Think about, think about the boldness of our children. Think about the boldness of what our children ask us for. <laughs> you know, think about the boldness of a child asking their grandparent for something. Do they, do they cower or they worry or are they afraid of what their grandparents are going to say or their parents are going to say? No, of course not. Because they know, they, know, they know that they're loved. They know that their parent loves them. They know that their grandparent loves them. So they don't, they don't cower in fear because of some great disappointment, particularly when they're young. When they're young, that's what Jesus says, we need a childlike faith. When they're young, they boldly ask their parents for whatever it is they want. They boldly ask their grandparents for whatever it is they want. Uh, they don't do it in fear. They do it in boldness. And so can me and you. We can, this morning, boldly go before God and say, God, I need you. God, I, God, I need you in this area of my life. God, I, I, I need you in these moments. God, I, I boldly ask for prayer for these people that I loved. God, I boldly ask for you to give me, give me grace and wisdom and dis discernment today. Yeah. We can, we can approach God with the confidence of children because we know that our God loves us. And our God has given his son to redeem us. And our God, is given, our God has given his son to bring us into his presence. Loved, forgiven, bought, certain, sure. So today, you can boldly approach the throne. You can boldly approach the Father and boldly ask him for his help, his guidance, his protection, his love. So today, don't be afraid to boldly approach God because we do it through the blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So um, you're loved. Don't forget that. Don't doubt that. Christ has given it all for you so that you can know the Father. So today, boldly approach God the Father in his love, his mercy, his grace, and his acceptance. Hey, love you guys. Praying for you. Have a great Thursday today, and we will see you bright and early Friday morning for our, uh, for our uh, devotional time in Ephesians. Have a great day. See you in the morning. Have a great good one.